This episode of Make Your Pitch is brought to you by BET. As a business owner, have you ever asked, uh, how is my business ensuring profitability and sustainability? Uh, or does my business drive its growth and agenda through a defined strategy? Maybe also, is there a performance management system in place? If you hesitated to answer any of these questions, you need to take a look at the Business Enabling Toolbox, BET. To find out more about BET, check the show notes of this episode. This is Make Your Pitch. I'm Christopher Knight. And I am Ellen J. Harris. Together, we chat with entrepreneurs with great ideas, looking for investors to back their vision. We want to be sure investors are there as well as to find the next big hit. So let's get started. And a great big welcome, welcome, welcome to all of our people out there in Make Your Pitch. Uh, this episode is going to be highly unique because, as you know, we usually bring in or often bring in uh, uh, various types of companies and let them pitch to investors. We're certainly doing that today, but we're doing it with a totally different type of company. And I'm very pleased to uh, be transparent about this. I've I've had the chance to speak with each of these people uh, on, that are going to be on the podcast today uh, individually a, a couple of times over. And every time I do, I learn more. And in fact, I, I think more and more of what their project and their company is doing. So I think you will enjoy this one more than any that you've seen in the last several, several months. Uh, as we begin, I'm Christopher Knight. And coming to you from the south side of the Canadian border, I am Ellen J. Harris. At Ellen, at, at least that place is just somewhere because I didn't know where you were early today. All right. Now, Ellen, I think we have some interesting ways to introduce our folks today. Why don't you take it from here? Okay. Thank you, Christopher. I am privileged to have this opportunity to introduce to you an up-and-coming growing team of gentlemen who are rocking it out, as we say in New York. And to help me do that well is a gentleman by the name of Jason Witt. Why, hello. Thank you, Ellen. And thank you, Christopher. Thanks for having us on. I'm the social media manager of uh, Starwire, and uh, we're very happy to be here. Thank you for inviting us, and uh, you've made us feel more than welcome. And uh, I'd just like to introduce our team. There's um, from left to right, I see Garnet Campbell. He's our chief product officer. Um, and in the middle, we have Colin Weeb. He is our CEO. And on the right here, I see Larry Davis, and Larry is another part of the management team, and uh, great, uh, and um, great members, great people, and uh, well, I guess I shouldn't say they're great people. You're gonna have to find that out for yourselves. And uh, but thank you very much for having us, and um, yeah, thanks for having us, and uh, we're very uh, pleased to be here. All right, uh, and uh, who would like to uh, begin? Tell us about Starwire. Well, as a CEO, maybe I'll kick it off. I think the, uh, the main thing to think about Starwire is that we are creative people. Uh, me being a, a longtime musician, Larry's a musician, and Garnet a filmmaker, and Jason a little bit of everything. 
And what we really have wanted to produce and are producing is something that gives some empowerment back to the content creators. And this started back um, early in the, uh, my music career when I used to find that people were getting not their fair share for their music that they had created. Their record companies were taking a large amount and I don't want to name any names at this point because that takes away from the overall vantage point that we're going for. But needless to say, it was a, it was a sore point uh, for a lot of my friends, a lot of my colleagues. And until the digital age came upon us, there wasn't really a system of being able to, you know, um, bake in your intellectual property and really find out who owns something and be able to use things like blockchain and smart contract. When I first discovered, I had a company called Imagination Park Entertainment. And when I first discovered and learned about blockchain, this is back in when Bitcoin first came out, uh, my wheels started spinning. I actually went, this is amazing. This is going to change the way the music business works. This is potentially going to change the way the film business works. And this could change the way the world works. Obviously, we've seen that in the fintech and the financial markets. But I thought this is something that if we start now, uh, it's probably going to take a number of years and almost a generation for it to kind of flip over from old school to where we are now. And I'm seeing it happen a lot faster than I anticipated, to be honest. So the idea was born back then when we were having you know, a difficult uh, time getting money from distributors. We were having a difficult time getting money sent across the border using Western Union. We were having a difficult time paying people in remote areas different currencies. And it was all, you know, this is what's been happening for years. I mean, that's business as usual. But when the wheels started turning, that all of a sudden we could do this using tokens, using cryptocurrency, using blockchain, using smart contracts, I suddenly went, I need to start thinking about this. And this is what we have to do, because this is going to empower the creative people. And I'll let Garnet speak a little bit to how him and I kind of got together and and uh, started thinking along the same lines from the music side than from the film side. But I thought it might be cool just to play this quick video. This is my daughter narrating. And uh, we threw this together specifically to kind of give our mission as, as what the overarching um, why is. Because I know in making a pitch, you're always, you know, what's your big why? Why are you doing this? So if I can share my screen, I'll just quickly show you if it's only a couple minutes long. And I think it's here, desktop too. Hopefully you'll be able to hear the audio. We were born to create. From childhood, we learned to make sounds, make a mess, make things up and make and build connections. We imagined worlds and we sought to find our own voice. Yes, we were born to create, and we worked hard. We became artists, musicians, and writers. We see the future and paint our world. Our secrets become our stories or songs to keep for ourselves, share with those we love, or even 
if we're lucky enough to be loved around the world. Even when the future is uncertain, we keep doing what we love because we are all born to create. What you create can shape our future and the future for you must be protected. When your passion moves people, people move money. It's time for creators to be paid fairly. So to protect what you create and ensure that you can enjoy the rewards of your own unique creative magic, that's when we bring you Starwire. When money moves, you get paid. Don't you just love that tagline? When money moves, you get paid? Starwire. I like that. It's a, a bit of an emotional uh, uh, trailer, but I think it really speaks to the heart of creators and what we really want to do as a, as a company and as a team. And that's empowering not only current creators, but up and coming ones. And uh, for that, I'll pass it over to Garnet because uh, he's actually a film school teacher and he teaches students. And, and we, we believe that the um, younger generation is, is really gonna be the, the people that carry this next wave of how we do things um, using an app like Starwire. And, uh, and, and we really wanna start at the, the uh, student level and build from there because I think they're they're going to be telling the stories of the future. So, Garnet, yeah. you have any stories so about I, that? I I hundred uh, percent. I'm a big believer in education. Um, in our case, um, uh, there's an education process to teaching people about how our application and ecosystem works, and like the. Um, you know, even the young kids today is with a bunch of grade seven kids teaching them how to make a zombie movie. And um, you think, well, um, they might be a little young to be involved in decentralized finance. But um, one of my first students um, uh, a few years back started, he's on his 11th feature film now. And now I get a call from those guys um, hiring me to come on and work on on their sets we have other grads working um in the industry in vancouver here on you know shows like the flash and other things so um you'd be surprised how quickly you know we start teaching uh young people a couple of years they're in university and they're at that place where they're asking questions how do i get my film financed or we're ready to start a film and we need tools um, in order to accomplish this. And Colin had, you know, talked about how we first met. Of course, Colin was looking at um, problems that they were experiencing on, on the side of professional, uh, the recording industry. And I'd been looking at, um, you know, uh, problems we've been encountering with film distribution and, um, getting paid and how we share revenue with our cast, crews, and investors. And we both had kind of come up with this idea, kind of the core idea of Starwire. At the same time, we didn't know we were working on um, a similar idea. And a friend who knew Colin and me, he said, you know what, you guys are, you've kind of both pitched me the same, I think you're building the same thing and you guys should get together and talk. And of course we did. Starwire began, we started working on a, 
uh, an MVP right away. We wanted to, um, uh, you know, put the concept that was inside our heads uh, into some kind of code, some kind of workable app. And um, that was the beginning of Starwire. And of course, we knew that um, when, when we think of what, you know, we're actually bringing to the marketplace in terms of value, you know, number one um, is trust. And anytime you're bringing, um, whether you're hiring a crew to work on a project or musicians to come work on an album, there's an element of trust that um, uh, people are uh, expecting you to provide, uh, you know, whether it's a recording studio, the microphones or whatever that you're going to be able to provide the equipment necessary, the people necessary to bring success. And if people are investing in those projects, they're also wanting to trust you that um, as those projects begin to create revenue, that you're going to fairly share um, the revenue that's earned from those projects. So right away, we knew we had a solution for the trust problem. And there was a big problem in the industry. We often, you know, um, in, in, the, in the movie industry, there's a term called Hollywood accounting. And if you Google that term, you will um, see it's listed in Wikipedia, an example after example of uh, people who were shortchanged their, um, uh, their royalties, payments, very, you know, people we all know, Stan Lee, who, of course, you know, founded the Marvel Enterprise and Spider-Man. It's publicly known he didn't get paid his royalties for the first Spider-Man movie. Just, again, example after example. And we knew uh, we had a product, not only a solution for those uh, big budget Hollywood movies, but for uh, the smaller independent films and independent musicians. Uh, we had something that could really bring value to, to the table there. And um, the second thing that we brought in terms of value was just simplicity. The idea that um, sometimes the accounting side can be complex and tedious. And um, a lot of times the creatives just want to get back to what they do best is, is creating. And we brought such a simplicity um, to the whole side of um, bringing in revenue and sharing it in a simple way. Uh, when, when you use our app, we wanted to just keep it basic, basic, basic super simple, something that um, whether you're a kid who is very net savvy or someone barely at all, that our app could be used by anybody. So the simplicity and the trust is what we bring. Would you say so, Colin? Yeah, as a matter of fact, as a, something that was happened as a result of, for me, I like to keep things really simple. It's always like, how can you dial it back? It's like jazz music. You learn all the scales and you play as fast as you can, and then you see how few notes you can play to get the sound across. And so when we did our first version of the, the app or the, the software, um, a funny thing happened on the way to the development. And um, sorry, I'll turn my ringer off. 
we ended up creating something that wasn't on our scope of project list. And that was what I termed an SCB. I coined that acronym for Smart Contract Builder. And the way to think of that, especially a few years ago, nobody really even knew what a smart contract was unless you were a big Ethereum fan. But uh, we developed or our developers developed something called a smart contract builder, which if you think of building a website, like using Wix or WordPress or something like that, you don't need to know any code. It's just kind of you, you can build a website without having to be a programmer. Well, our smart contract builder is exactly that. You can build a very detailed smart contract for the blockchain without knowing solidity and all the coding that goes behind it. So that was something that was a happy accident, something that happened as a result of trying to keep it, like Garnet said, really, really simple. So, you know, almost as simple so your mom could use it or your students could use it. And uh, as a byproduct, uh, we developed the first, the world's first smart contract builder as far as we know. So that was what really got us excited and said, we've, we've, we've got something here. This can be used in a bunch of different verticals, not just the film and music industry, but uh, anything from healthcare to government to military, you name it, we've got a smart contract builder. So when you take the revenue simulator, and my passion has always been to bake in the intellectual property at the time of creation, and then you can start to build those contracts and actually put the digital information into your digital asset. And that was the big dream from the beginning is if, if something like an MP3 or a video um, can be streamed or can be moved around, it's all digital, why not put the information right within the content itself? And we're seeing that now with NFTs, uh, the non-fungible tokens, it's starting to be a reality. So these Pollyanna dreams that we had, you know, four or five years ago are, are happening fast and furious. And so this is what's exciting about this space that we're in right now and the people that we're working with. And uh, so I don't know if some of those terms, Ellen, are a little bit too complicated. I don't know what your appetite is for sort of techno speak, but the short answer is, is that we want to help contact content creators we want to be, uh, you know, a trusted source for them. And then we want to make it easy and simple. And of course, the tagline, when money moves, you get paid. So that's the, that's the big goal. Yeah. So an, an example, so a practical example of sort of how we use the smart contract builder. Um, this isn't, pub we, we have our alpha version of our software and um, last summer, we were when COVID started, we were working on a movie called The Key to Christmas. And the, the film ran out of funds sort of in uh, post-production, and we needed to do another small uh, raise of about $30,000 to finish up post-production um, on that film. So we thought we would give the smart contract builder a test. And so we used it and put together... Um, a contract and we reached out to some investors and said, here's our need. And this is how we've organized the, the contract. Um, and uh, we, we put it out there. Now on the call today is Jason Witt. Jason was one of those uh, investors on that film. So Jason, maybe do you want to give your 
um, uh, experience sort of how did, how did that go um, just communication wise when uh, we had reached out to you with that opportunity? How did that work out for you? That, it was smooth. It was really smooth. Um, we were able to nail down um, the terms of, uh, of um, how and when uh, the, um, that uh, the investment that I put into the movie, uh, when it would start to pay back under what circumstances it would pay back um, for, um, for the amount of, and then for the, um, the amount of time it would take to, or the, or, or, or under what circumstances it would, uh, that the contract would kick in and, um, and pay me back uh, the, 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 uh, the principal amount that I invested and then under what conditions I would be paid a royalty um, continually uh, from every single sale that ever happened after that as well. So it was, it was really smooth. Um, it was easy to understand. And um, um, did you need a lawyer? And I have the peace of mind and confidence that, uh, <laughs> that everything, that everything is, uh, is, um, is, uh, is working by the, by, by those rules that we set up for that contract. Yeah. And, and Jason, so Jason was w one of the investors there. There was several investors on that. So this is where the, the idea of fractional ownership um, of a film sort of comes into mind. And that, you know, brings up a lot of very um, kind of interesting concepts when, you know, uh, you know, someone said, well, what, what if you had the opportunity to be a fractional owner of the next sort of Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston movie coming out? Would, would you be excited to have that, a piece of that? Or if, you know, a band like U2 uh, put their next project up and let the public invest in it, would you want to be a fractional owner of one of their next projects? So we're excited about um, that aspect, um, again, making it easy for the public to uh, engage in those kind of opportunities. So I think at its heart, that was a real uh, successful test, even though we're not, we're not in beta yet with it out to public. But that's why we're on this show is um, reaching out to, to some of the investment community to, to bring us to, to that next level. Yeah. Let's pause for a moment so we can hear from our sponsor for this episode. I have just set up our customer relation management system using CRM Engine, not just for its many options, but because its price is well below that of the big boys. The CRM Engine team set up all that we needed to keep track of our contacts, including those who are scheduled to pitch, our investors, and strategic partners. We now know when we met, what was said, when to follow up, and includes an auto email system to stay in touch timely. It keeps us focused on what makes Maker Pitch what it is, the people. So to learn how to keep your business in touch with your clients using CRM Engine, go to the show notes of this episode. Okay, now you just you brought it up, so let's let's, <laughs> let's dig in a little bit there. Uh, what kind of investment are you looking for? Well, um, maybe I would uh, speak a little to 
our ecosystem because I think we do have something maybe that's a little bit different from um, most um, traditional companies. Maybe I will share a, a screen here um, for those watching this on video. While Garnet's doing that, I'll just pop in Christopher and, and Ellen and just say that uh, as we move closer to getting to beta, um, you know, our burn rate is at a certain level. We want to add some new developers and uh, each one of those is getting harder and harder these days to get quality developers that are very, very specific in, in certain areas. Uh, we also want to put together a, a proper marketing budget. I know that guys like Jason will understand that, that you, uh, you really need to spend some money in marketing, um, not only on the people doing the marketing, but also uh, on the actual media buys as well. And I've been working with some digital agencies of late and uh, there's, there's quite a lot going on behind the scenes. I'm sure if you've gone to the website, you've seen there's some spelling mistakes and it's still kind of growing as, as we're moving, but we're sort of focusing our time on the product development side, um, not quite ready for prime time as you might wanna call it. Uh, so a lot of the, the funds that we'll be raising over the next six months are gonna go directly into human capital, into marketing budget to put those things together that you know, elevate our, your experience by coming to the website and to really get people to understand uh, how the product works, demonstrations, things like that. So um, with that comes the, uh, the accounting, the legal, and, and Larry can speak to some of this. We've worked on public ventures together in the past. Uh, and maybe that's a good time before you share that, Garnet, just to let uh, Larry give a little bit of his background and, and how your traditional investor might be looking from the outside in at this to see how does this stuff all work? How does it go together? It seems confusing with this crypto blockchain. How do, how do we navigate this if we're used to just investing in good old fashioned stocks? Hey, thanks, Colin. Okay, and that's a question that we talk about that topic uh, amongst ourselves often because comparing both the worlds has been uh, a learning curve for all of us. Um, putting 10, 20, 30 years into the stock market as uh, I have and Colin as well. Our, our history personally goes back some 30, 40 years. And uh, it's always been uh, a go-to easy format to, uh, uh, to tap our investors, share our new prospectus and business plans with us. And, and it was always uh, uh, an easy process to, to get a seed round done and go to an IPO and then out to the public market and, uh, and run from there. Uh, now we have DeFi uh, in front of us as a new option, a new opportunity, and it's been quite a learning curve uh, for both our traditional investors, people that have been very supportive in our various projects over the years, and and uh, now we're looking at uh, reaching out to a new community that's uh, got more questions than we have answers. It, uh, I don't think a week goes by or sometimes a day goes by. I was I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't think we could do that. Can we really do that? <laughs> but uh, we're dealing with that on a daily basis. So uh, to pretend to be an authority on the subject and, and, and try to offer uh, someone a clear path as to how to step in to this particular market and invest uh, wisely and, and can try to compare it to more traditional methods, methods like the stock market, um, that is not uh, something that... Uh, that we can really speak with confidence to at this particular time. 
and to give that kind of advice. We don't want to uh, uh, pretend that we're financial advisors in this particular crypto sector, but uh, we are very diligent in, in, in trying to learn this. Um, when speaking with our, our lawyers, our security lawyers, uh, they're learning as quickly as we are. They come to us with the same questions that we come to them. So they're still trying to wrap their heads around it. And it's a real catch up process. I know uh, uh, the security firms around, there's not a number of security firms that we've dealt with in the past that won't even touch it quite yet. Uh, they're, they're still sitting back and watching and, and waiting for uh, some of the rules and the regulations to, uh, to get injected into the system first before they get comfortable and step up to the plate. So um, I guess the closest comparison I can make to uh, the crypto market is a little bit of what's been going on in the crowdfunding sector in the last couple, three years. And, and how people started to look at that as a new way of getting fractional ownership in various companies. And uh, for people that perhaps went down that road, aside from the stock market and got dipped their toe in that water, they're probably more inclined to uh, be active in the crypto market and, and, uh, and be inclined to uh, start funding companies because they're, they're, they're getting uh, more comfortable uh, away from tradition, more traditional methods like the stock market. So uh, we've been uh, basically uh, funding Starwire's venture from, from day go, uh, which is about three and a half years now, privately amongst ourselves. And uh, so we're considered self-funded. Uh, we haven't really stepped out into the investment community in any way and uh, uh, with an offering of any type. So uh, we've been in a position where we can uh, self-fund for now, but we're getting to that point now where it's getting very serious. And as Colin said, we're going to, <clears throat> to the beta program side of it now. And we've went through a very series of uh, phase one, two, and getting to a strong phase three now where we're going to be able to uh, start taking on projects and, and offering something up in the way of a solid solution. And uh, that's going to take some investment capital and, we're just talking about a number right now that we would be comfortable with uh, as far as the first round and raise. And, uh, but as far as disclosing that number today, I don't know if quite there, we haven't really made a final decision, but uh, I'd say that uh, we're still very, uh, very much uh, a grassroots type of company, but we're considered an advanced grassroots. Colin, would you agree? I would agree. I mean, we've been bootstrapping since the beginning and, and I think, you know, Christopher will remember the, the dot-com boom. And that's, that's a time, and I'm sure, Ellen, you remember it too. It was a time when people would write down a dot-com on a napkin and get funded. And it was, it was a crazy time. And I remember living through it. You know, this would be 1998, 99, and mm -hmm. just wondering what's going on. And we know what happened after the fact is that there was a shakeout and sort of the companies pretty soon it was like AOL did mail and this is PayPal started to do payments and then Amazon started to do e-commerce and Google was doing search and things just kind of all solidified together and started to build the internet that we know now. I think in, in this phase of where we are, we're seeing the same thing. There's a lot of people with great ideas, a lot of companies that are excited about solving a problem. This is what we all do is we're problem solvers. We wanna find this problem, come up with a solution 
and then empower people. And this is, you know, kind of what Larry and I've been doing for years is finding these problems and coming up with a solution, funding them and, and building these ideas. And, and, and it's fun. And I think, you know, anybody that's listening to this or watching this as a, as a, as a startup, maybe you've got a startup out there. Maybe you're a, a company that, or a guy that's got an idea that wants to get started. And, you know, we always say that if you can bootstrap it a little bit with a bit of friends and family money and get going and do a proof of concept in the film or, you know, a minimal viable product, as they say, in the software development to give people an idea of whether you've got a market, do you have a target market? Who's going to buy this? Who's interested? So as you can, can well imagine, the comparison to the dot-com, Christopher, is very similar to today. But the fundamentals, like Larry just said, are, are the same. And uh, we have the same needs and the same sort of trajectory where we need to bring in human people, human capital with talent, and we want to get the best developers going. We want to have great marketing, and Jason knows that. And we want to be able to empower the filmmakers and building a treasury so we can crowdfund these, these uh, films and stories from some of these students and then allow people, investors like Jason, to actually invest in these things and, and get a return on their investment. So it's an exciting sort of time and there's a lot of moving parts, but I think boiling it down to what Garnet said at the beginning, it's really simple. It's just, you know, how do we make this a trustworthy system uh, that people can, can count on? And how can we uh, empower using the technology of smart contracts and blockchain and our revenue simulator to do what Jason spoke about in the key to Christmas and make it simple and easy. And, um, you know, we don't have to get, get really, really complicated. We just need to put one foot in front of the other. And so I, in, I invite you, Christopher, to, to uh, ask any other well, questions. I, I do want. have something here for you, uh, Colin, and that is, uh, I do know that uh, uh, you're one of the few tokenized companies that we've had a pleasure to have on Make Your Pitch. Uh, I want to know from your vantage point, why you tokenized and are you using tokenization and traditional funding, which I assume you are from what you've told me. Uh, so tell me a little bit about why you decided to tokenize your business. Well, tokenized is, I mean, tokens have been the, the corner uh, position of the business right from the get-go. Because I remember when we were trying to send money to Spain, uh, to the film crew over there, we had to, you know, we're Canadian, so we had to jump across the border. We had to send our CFO across the border to go to a U.S. bank to then change Canadian money into U.S., to then send it overseas to Spain to change it into this. And, and I always thought, I mean, imagine if you could just wire transfer, you know, tokens, you know, there was no such thing as a stable coin in those days. And we were kind of, Garnet and I were trying to make up, how, how can we make up a stable coin? And sure enough, there's lots of stable coins now, but that token is just an idea. It's like when you go to the car wash, right? You yeah. don't put, put in quarters anymore. You put in the token. It, right. gives, you a, it gives you the value. You want to yes, wash but, your uh, car? I've got, I've got to interrupt you just a moment. You're, you have a Starwires a token, but it's not really currency. How, how are you utilizing it? And by the way, I uh, certainly am happy to announce on your behalf that your, your token has uh, gone up in value recently quite a bit. But how are you using it? Are you using it as liquidity or are you using it as funding? 
how are you using those tokens that, that are out there right now? Well, it's for the community and, and um, I'll let Garnet speak to that a little bit more because I think he can describe it better than I can um, or even Jason. But um, yeah, I think, I think you have really good questions and, and there's probably two answers to that, but I'll let those guys speak and then I'll wrap it. Tell you what, I'll just share a, I'll share a screen here. Um, it describes, a, uh, shows a little bit about our ecosystem and what, how we use uh, our Starwire token. So number one, we'd already been talking um, about the app, the smart contract builder. Um, so to access that application um, in order to use it, there's, you know, like most SaaS-based apps, um, you would actually pay in uh, the star token in order to access um, that application. And the reason we, we want um, kind of payment in a token, again, is to um, uh, portions of that fund go to different places um, based on uh, smart contracts. Automatically, those funds are moved to different, different places. Um, part of those funds, um, when you would um, use your star tokens, a portion of those go to our what's called our Starwire Treasury. So um, we have a fund um, that is not for us to do development with, but it's just for other artists that they can um, write proposals um, to us um, uh, to access those funds. Well, what is the deciding factor on how, if they can access those funds or not? Well, it goes back to our Starwire token holders because um, those tokens are actually governance tokens. So they serve a, a voting um, purpose to them. So when you join our community, um, you will have um, Starwire tokens and, and you can use those um, to vote um, on which projects you think deserve, um, maybe are the best investments that a portion of that fund. And already, you know, while our, our app is in alpha, already our, our treasury wallet is um, our treasury fund has been building for the past 10 months. And I just checked it um, 15 minutes ago, just as we, we started to talk about it. right now in that contract, you can look up the contract on our website. There's actually $368,000 in that fund right now, ready. That's not for us to use. That's for creatives to access. Um, and so, that's part of the answer, right? Is when you join our community, we want you to hold our tokens and you're gonna have a voice. We want those tokens to give you a voice. So the whole purpose, the way this token was designed and created, it's actually created to produce um, projects. It will, the more people use this token, the more high quality creative projects should be released. That's the way We've designed it. And another um, place, um, as you can see on this, we have the Treasury Fund, our app, and then we have our liquidity pools. And this is the other place that our token um, is used for. Um, and uh, for those of you who don't understand liquidity pools, um, 
there's right now Starwire has about $4 million in liquidity on Uniswap. That's not our money. That is money that um, people who are part of our community have come in and they said, um, hey, we'll let you use our money for a little bit to use as an exchange when people need to exchange Starwire for another token. Um, they have their funds in that liquidity pool. Uh, it's not our funds. It always remains the property of the liquidity pool holders. But that is a very, very valuable um, service for us, for them having that liquidity there. If there's no liquidity, obviously, um, your token is valueless. You can't trade it for anything. So the reason people, you, you say, why would they why would they do that for you, Garnet? Why would they put um, their star tokens and in our case, our liquidity pools with another token called WPE? Why would they put all that money in there? Well, it's because we reward them for doing that. And that's one way, um, you know, maybe it's not like a traditional investment, you giving money to a company. Um, in this way, our liquidity providers, we don't touch their money. Their money goes into that pool, but we reward them uh, for having it in there. And you say, what are those rewards? Well, number one, um, we in the area of decentralized finance, um, we have what are called farms. And when your money is there, um, uh, we um, part of the bees social community. Um, one of the decentralized functions is seeds um, start going into your wallet for every day that that you have uh, uh, funds uh, deposited into our liquidity pools. So you are rewarded uh, mainly with more star tokens. Um, and uh, that's one of the function of those farms. We have other, um, some pretty exciting, um, uh, I guess, rewards for our liquidity providers in terms of uh, Colin had mentioned a little bit about um, NFTs and, and the value that those hold in particular for music and for movies. Um, uh, for our liquidity pool providers, we're gonna be um, dropping uh, certain uh, uh, NFTs to them. I have a question. You, you just had to ask, didn't you, Christopher? <laughs> I, I had to, I have a question. May I ask my question? Absolutely. Am I on? Oh, good. Okay. So I'm listening to you. And as I am taking notes, it seems to me that you have, from my perspective, and I could be coming out of the old way of doing business with the, um, what do you call it? The um, currency, the, uh, the current currency that we use. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, there's a word for it. Like, fiat uh, it is, say it again. Fiat? Fiat? Um, yeah, I, I guess you could call it that. It's, um, but what I see in what you're describing, you have some assets, which are your uh, liquidity pool, which you can't touch, which I understand that, but you have the revenue simulator uh, token, uh, your tokenized company, and you have the software um, SCB, the, the software um, that creates the um, smart contracts. 
Yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> those those to me seem to that. be um, highly valuable assets that you could construct in a way that become uh, almost as a software as a service kind of model um, yeah. where you're allowing your initial investors. And I, I'm talking about those with the um, pockets that allow them the opportunity to test your software, which gives you the um, premium, if you will, to allow them to test. Have you, I know you've big thinkers, have you thought about how to use those assets? Absolutely. And thanks for the question, Ellen. Um, the smart contracts, as I said earlier, uh, was a byproduct of us coming up with this app to begin with but there's so many different verticals and ancillary ways of using the smart contracts that, you know, I've been approached by everyone from the real estate industry, the construction industry, the medical industry. Um, and I think for, to answer your question, we are doing what is a pilot project specifically in the entertainment business, because that's what we know. So with music and with film, this is where we're testing it. And as an investor into the core technology, which is actually owned by the company that Larry and I started, which is called Matrix Blockchain. And uh, Starwire was a product that was created by Matrix. So this is, this is something that I think you're quite right. We could uh, look across into different verticals and different areas um, and use the technology in, in a number of different ways, which could be uh, very, very valuable for, for investors in, in the near future. Exactly. Yeah. So it means that you would have to look at them from uh, 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 who makes the best or the most sense for you to allow them in to help you actually design the product that the market would be interested in investing. Because you got to think about it. If you have a piece of software that allows an individual to create their own smart contract. And I've watched some of your videos and you talk about it does uh, legal um, elements and some other elements. And I said, wow, that, that's pretty smart the way you've done mm -hmm. that. So <clears throat> you can have a portfolio that can expand not only horizontally, but vertically as well. I just wanted to offer that. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just how your, your discussion is striking, is striking my um, technology heart. <laughs> Well, it's more your investor hats on, Ellen. And, yeah, uh, Ellen, you're, you're, you've, uh, you've got a good read on the situation. We do hit more than one, um, more than one genre. That's for sure. You betcha. All right, let me, uh, let me go full good. circle here. Then right back around to the, uh, the question that Larry was hesitant on. <laughs> you haven't really mm -hmm. decided how much you are needing in order to really push it uh, over the. Uh, over the finish line, or at least over the start line, whichever the case might be. And uh, uh, understand that it's going to go into marketing. It's going to go into uh, probably some uh, sales work. It's going to go into the developers that you need. But uh, yet th there has to be a number floating around there someplace. Sure, right? I can answer that. I, I, <laughs> obviously, people rewinding this and watching this a month from now or whatever, um, I do have a complete budget laid out. And our current number, I think, that we'd like to raise in the traditional finance is about 600,000 Canadian, so about half a million 
um, US around that. Um, When we get to the next stage of of really pushing into that two to five million mark, um, that's going to be based on data. And we don't have any uh, historical data yet to work with. So this is uh, answering Ellen's question. We need to work with some companies and work with some um, film distributors, which we have, uh, and start to test the beta product, not the alpha product, which is currently what we have now, but the beta. And as we start to you know, use that half a million dollars for development and for a sample size marketing, that's when we can get some data that says, okay, this is how much it costs to acquire a customer. This is what type of uh, market we need to, to move into. Here's how we need to address the concerns of both sides, because one thing this, this uh, technology will do is it kind of disrupts a little bit. And our idea is not to really disrupt the film and music industry. You can't do that. There's people that have jobs that think day, days go by where, you know, it's status quo. Um, this is something that needs to be tried and tested. And just like we're on Zoom right now, people didn't know about it a couple of years ago. And then all of a sudden, hey, this works. Why not use that? And I think that's the feeling that we want people to start to use the product and go, wait a minute, this, hey, this, this kind of works. And they just, it'll, it'll kind of go viral from that respect, as opposed to trying to get in there and be an Uber or be a Airbnb and disrupt an industry. We want to play well with the industry because we work within it. So we're, we're creating a tool for ourselves and we, we want to be able to offer that to, to other, specifically, like I said at the beginning, the students and the up-and-coming people, because they can, you know, here's who wrote this screenplay, here's who wrote the music, here's who put this together, and here's, you know, the, where the royalties will, using the revenue simulator, Ellen, you'll be able to see, like Jason said, okay, here's when I, if I put some money in, when do I get paid? And it's all laid yes. out. It's kind of like a big Gantt chart, but it's it's yes. based on a smart contract. So it's it's baked right into the digital asset. So but it has many so different directions. His, but I, that's, I'm sorry, Ellen. Um, oh, that's okay. Really, we're, really we're quickly. coming close to the end of this podcast, so oh, go right ahead. Oh, oh, thank you. Okay, this is really fast, guys. Okay, so it's the fiat currency. Currently, we live in a fiat style system. Yes. You gentlemen are talking about a future kind of structure with digitalized assets, which generate revenue. I'm thinking and suggesting, because I'm still learning about the process, but the valuation is there between your, your digital asset against your fiat currency, because you get the sense that the fiat currency is not going to win in the future. So I think that's where your valuation is. And that's from a novice. But let's talk about fiat for a moment. (laughs) We're after the, uh, we're after fiat right now, which is $600,000. Do you know uh, what (laughs) type of investment that will be? uh, uh, How the investor is getting in on that uh, in the program It's going to be uh, via equity or how's it going to be handled in that regard? Have you had that discussion yet? Oh, I've had that discussion and I have a convertible uh, debenture already prepared um, for in the traditional markets. And currently that's, you know, a a private friends and family type of round with a, uh, with a, we have both a secured debenture and we have a regular debenture and it's a two year 
there's a certain percentage and there's uh, preemptive rights that go along with it. Okay. Uh, so it's quite detailed and, and that, that's a whole other discussion outside of the whole DeFi and crypto and absolutely and sure that's that's a totally space. different discussion. That's that's between you and the investor right there. <clears throat> and that's uh, right. It's and, never and totally locked to, in. An investors going to take it, take it and try to twist it any way they can to be <laughs> the most good for themselves. Well, I, I want to go back to what Alan said because it's important to note that what we want is value add investors. So some of these investors will actually be our customers. There'll be people that say, "Oh, I get it. I want to be part of this." And um, you know, she's very intuitive and wise when she says that. You know, the value add portion can be much more um, valuable to us because they bring Absolutely. the relationships. And I always mm -hmm. say it's, you know, the how comes with the who. And just to answer her fiat currency, the, the whole idea between, the, here's my analogy for that, Alan. Uh, are you from Canada or U.S.? <laughs> from the U.S., but my dad was from Canada. Okay, so <laughs> if I gave you a Canadian dollar, what are you going to do with it in the U.S.? Excellent question. Convert it, <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay. And if you give me a U.S. dollar, I, I get richer. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's the been point, true for some years. The point is, is that dollar, whether it's a Canadian dollar, a Mexican peso, or a U.S. dollar, when we trade it back and forth, it's just a token. It's a That's token right. of, of value. So the word fiat and the word crypto or token or coin, whatever you want to call it, is kind of irrelevant in this space because what we're doing is trading value. And so when we have these liquidity pools and we have tokens and, you know, we have the smart contracts, uh, you know, we mentioned earlier, Christopher, about the uh, stable coins, which are pegged to the U.S. dollar. That, that means that they don't vary. So it's just a matter of, of using the token for a unit of value so that, okay. you know, if people want to trade their token for U.S. dollars, you just trade it for U.S. dollars. If you want Canadian dollars, you trade it for Canadian dollars. If you want Bitcoin, you trade it for Bitcoin. So that's the way I see it anyways. Garnet, okay. maybe, I'm, maybe I'm just yep. too simplistic. Okay. But, yeah. but, but yeah, simplistic we, is good. As we, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap up this episode of Make Your Pitch. Uh, wow. when we have the entire team on it, uh, it's a little different. So you'll have to pardon me for that. But the, that being said, um, uh, how can people reach you and, or become a part of what you're doing? What's the best way for that to happen? Uh, what would you say, Garnet? Probably going to starwire.io. Go, go, to, yeah. go to our website, starwire.io. All of our social media um, links are there. Um, it'd probably be... If you're familiar with Discord, that's an easy way to connect um, with us. Join our Discord group and message us. All right. Very good. And yep. uh, as we wrap up here, I want to thank uh, Garnet and Colin and Larry and, <laughs> and the all-wise Jason for being ah. with us today on uh, make your, this episode of Make Your Pitch. This has been truly intriguing and I know that uh, we could have spent another hour easily and not even touched on everything we needed to touch on. However, what I will say to the investors who will be watching this, this has a lot of depth to it. Um, I often uh, call a company, a company's got wings. Well, this one's got wings and it's, uh, it's ready to fly right now. 
Uh, they they have a, a few things to do, and they will be off and running quite easily. I I can I can uh, almost guarantee that myself. I don't do that because I'm not a financial advisor, nor am I an attorney, <laughs> nor am I anything along those lines. So please don't misunderstand me. I'll let the investors take care of that themselves. Uh, Ellen, uh, anything yes. you'd like to add in closing? Thank you for joining us today. It's been a pleasure and be memorable when you make your pitch. All right. Yes. And just before we close, I'd like to ask, um, do you have anything you'd like to say that uh, to the uh, investors that are out there that might be important? Just a final word. Final word. Come, come connect with us, come connect with our community. Um, Also, you know, a key, um, partnership we are with uh, called the Bees Social uh, yes. Community. And they're especially designed to educate. So a, a lot of what we talked about today, you might say, well, I have a lot of questions. If you go to bees.social website, you will get your questions answered. There's meetings, there's updates um, that will help fill you in on this uh, mysterious thing called decentralized finance. It's it's a lot to earn, learn, but um, there's a lot of rewards there for you as you educate yourself. Yeah, very very well said, uh, Garnet. Yet, yes, I do understand. There's a group called Bees Social, and and if you are interested in DeFi and and all kinds of other areas of crypto, it's an excellent place to get an education. Again, thanks to all of you for being on this episode of Make Your Pitch. And as always, as we end, I always like to say, be sure to make your pitch. See you next Thursday on the next episode. If you enjoyed today's episode of Make Your Pitch, go smash the subscription button. And if you want, leave us a five-star review. If you think you have what it takes to be on one of our episodes, contact us by going to the show notes to learn how. But most of all, Be with us again next week for another episode of Make Your Pitch.